Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Season 5 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. Good evening. You are listening to Eye on the Future. Today is Friday, February 26th. This is Season 5, Episode 2. I am your host, Paul LaPlaca, along with Jim Elkin and our resident psychic extraordinaire and love expert, Lady Fontaine. Our phone lines are open. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show at our new number, 319-527-6216. That's 319-527-6216. We want to hear from you tonight on all topics. Don't forget to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to note that Eye on the Future is now on every other Friday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Lady Fontaine, before we get started tonight, we received an exciting testimonial to our show from a close friend of yours. Would you mind sharing it with our listeners? Our last show was a powerful Valentine's Day show about love, and this testimonial says it all. Sure, I would be very happy to share it. Um, here, Here it is word for word. This is a testimonial for Lady Fontaine. Lady Fontaine and I have been friends for over 20 years. During our friendship, I discovered she was a life coach and also had a very special gift of psychic skills. I went through many difficult years of family issues, relationship issues, and losses. I was really just going through the motions. Following a breakup in 2018, I realized I couldn't do it anymore and that I wanted more in life, specifically a partner who is going to be really a part of my life. I worked with Lady Fontaine off and on over a period of two years. After the sessions, I did the work. I was blessed to meet the man of my dreams, the one I manifested who is right for me. We are engaged. My life now is unbelievably wonderful. I could never have imagined my life could be so wonderful. Love and light to my beautiful friend, Lady Fontaine. And I have to say that the testimonial that she wrote was followed by a note saying, Sierra, who's her dog? And I love Lady Fontaine. So I was very moved and touched by that. But to me, it really says it all as far as anybody who does life coaching with me has to do the work. There's no magic wand here. There is stuff that each person has, you know, responsibility for their own lives in in fixing. Because coaching, if you don't do the work, gets you nowhere. Right. It's, It's not magic. Even yeah. though it's mystical and it's spiritual, it's not magic. You still have to do the work on your end. Well, it seems yeah. like you have a, a pretty proven method for helping people. Uh, what What is it that you're doing that's that's working? Well, you know, it really isn't me. I mean, the psychic stuff, without a doubt, um, when people come to me with certain uh, men or women that they want me to look at energetically, I know if it's a good fit. And and I've said to certain clients, you're going to end up marrying this person, and they do. And they might say, oh, come on, never. You know, but X so many years later, yeah, it happens. But what I do in, in life coaching is I simply guide my clients through this process. And it really is a process with reconnecting with yourself. It has nothing to do with me doing anything 
but really helping them find their own power and strength and learning to honor themselves. As Debbie said in that testimonial, she was literally going through the motions in life. And really, that's what happens when you get disconnected from yourself. So as we reconnect with the universe, as we reconnect with ourselves, the universe really blesses us. I mean, if it's the universe, God, whoever we believe in, the universe literally does the rest. There's nothing that you have to do except do that inner work. What would an example of that be? What what kind of work are are you doing? What advice are you giving people? Well, um, you know, it depends. Everybody's different and everybody has their own issues. But um, basically what I do is help them figure out what's blocking them from really living the life that they want. I mean, everybody, not everybody, most everybody has some sort of dreams or goals or aspirations or something that they feel that they want or would make them happy. But the reason why they don't have it in their lives is they're blocked in some way and that energy can't come through. So I use them sort of like a combination of working with connecting inward and finding those inner blocks and also finding what I call false truths, which are beliefs that don't really serve us in any way, shape, or form. They may be things that we sort of heard our whole life, like, oh, you're never going to amount to anything, or eh, no one's ever, no one likes you. You know, whatever people just happen to say, we pick, up, we pick those things up and we start believing them, and those are false truths. So for each person, it becomes a challenge or an opportunity for us to dig deep into their lives and find those false truths and work with them. And eventually it starts releasing as they start doing that inner work and start reconnecting with themselves. Anybody who says to me that I don't know who I am, I've lost all desire for life, I'm you know, going through the motions of life, they're disconnected with themselves. And I actually want to ask Jim, because a lot of the work that Jim does with acupuncture, which is the topic for today, ties in with, um, well, he uses pretty much the same techniques as I use, but in a different way. Correct? Is that not right, Jim? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I do a lot of uh, work helping people get connecting with themselves because that way they get more body aware. Um, using acupuncture, uh, it helps a lot if, if, the, if the person I'm working with is actually working with me as opposed to just laying there and hoping that I fix them. Uh, so, so many times I need to help them get connected with whatever was the, the trauma or the, the belief or the whatever it is we would call it a holding pattern that, that causes them to uh, have a problem and to recreate it every time they find some kind of healing. So, yeah. Yeah, doing doing the work. The thing is, I've noticed that uh, a lot of people don't even have an awareness that they are disconnected from themselves. Right. right. And and so, what would you think are the symptoms of a disconnected from oneself person? Um, are you asking me that question? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I bet you would, Paul. <laughs> what I what I said earlier about when they feel like they're going through the motions in life, when they feel that everything in life is sort of playing against them, almost like they yeah. have a black cloud over them. Um, when you know, when they, I'm trying to think of other examples. Um, you know, when they when they don't. People come to me all the time, I have the worst luck. No, it's nothing about luck. It's about uh-huh. your thought process. It's good, about your good. belief 
process. And yeah. that's what's causing it. I mean, I've gone through a lot of crappy things in my life, and I know it has – well, sometimes I do think I have the worst luck in the world. But I've been <laughs> shifted inward, and I know yeah. I have to do that inner work. I have to find it within myself. So it's all the things that aren't working. What I always say to my clients is that when – life throws you any curve at all or when you've experienced any emotion other than love blissfulness happiness joy it's a clue and that's a clue to help you go inward and figure out what the originating traumas or beliefs are that are causing these things to happen in your life because we all have patterns and those patterns are the biggest clue in in where we're broken and here's another one when you have a problem that keeps recurring. So if you keep hearing the same thing from different people in, in your life, or if you have the same recurring physical thing go on over and over and over again, it's kind of a sign that there's some piece of you that you're not listening to. Exactly. And, and that's the key. And, and, you know, just like synchronicity will work to your favor in a way mm-hmm. it kind of works to your your favor in that instance too, because it points you. I always say to my clients, you're, you're saying what the problem is. You're saying it. I, you know, I'm so unhappy because nobody likes me. Well, that's the issue because there's a belief somewhere within you that you're not likable or your parents, you know, might've said, uh, you know, you, oh, no, you can't go out late at night, you know, because no one, you know, you're going to get trouble and nobody ever li- likes you anyhow or whatever. And we start believing those things that are told yeah. to us, especially in our yeah. childhood. I mean, I've and then also, tapes. It, it's yeah. a part of what we were talking about last week with manifestation, where if you hold on to a thought and you project something that it becomes reality, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Part of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it it's, is. It's, it's the kind of thing that makes the things we don't want to to manifest happen right. by focusing on it. So if you if you say I hate people who pick their nose, guess what you're going to meet all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's what did it. Or, or yeah, that that was that's it. But or in situations like um you're like when you're growing up and your parents are saying. Um, you know, be a big girl, don't cry. You might be terrified of something and you want to cry, but they're telling you not to. So that internal um, yeah. sort of battle or Denial. tug of war starts going on inside of you and you start not trusting yourself because mm-hmm. the people in authority in your life are telling you something different. And yeah. that's really what the biggest cause of most of our problems are, are very innocent comments that our parents are busy. They come home from work. They're tired. They don't want to listen. They don't want to bother with anything except getting us all, you know, getting their kids fed and doing whatever they need to do. And unfortunately, more often than not, parents are not even realizing that they're saying, be a big girl. Don't cry. Be a big boy. No, you're not scared. No, there's nothing to be afraid of. Those are mm-hmm. all the things that mess us up because right. that, that disconnects us from our own feelings. We have those feelings and we're being told we don't have them. And that's what we end up having to go back to as adults because that builds on it. We start going, no, 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 I don't really feel this way, but we do. And then after a while we start believing that we don't feel that way. And then after a while we start believing that we're not likable or that we're this, that, or the other thing. So, you know, that's really the cause. And when you're doing the work, you know, it was something that um, Debbie had mentioned in her testimonial. It's a matter of peeling off those layers. It does not happen overnight. It just doesn't. 
you know, you need to peel off those layers and find what's there. And you don't always get down to the core issues the moment that you start. I mean, some people do. I'm sometimes, sometimes I'm amazed that people make such tremendous progress. But it is a matter of peeling off those layers. But the, the beauty in it is as you peel off those layers, your life is starting to change. It's not a matter of like you got to peel off those 35 layers in order to get to a point where you're happy and starting oh, to yeah. manifest the things that you want. You're starting immediately. If you're doing that inner work, you're going to start seeing changes happen in your life step and, by step by step. And it's really miraculous. And you have to remember to keep doing that work even after your relationship comes. Right. You don't don't let your relationship stop you. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's just true. the beginning. That's the beginning yeah. of the work, too, in a lot of yeah. ways. That's You're right. right. You're absolutely right in You've that. got someone else's layers you have to peel through as well. And it's totally mm. painless. It's no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What part was painless there? I missed that part. All of it. All, all the layer peeling. It's painless. All that work is completely oh, yeah. free of pain. <laughs> Well, one of the interesting things, you know, you bring up that we have patterns and obstacles, and it seems like so many times, you know, in my life that um, you will have these things revisit, you attract the challenges that um, force you to work through the issues. You know, Mm -hmm. there there was a time in my life that I prayed for wisdom and I prayed for strength. Um, But those things don't just come out of thin air. Wisdom comes through all kinds of bad decisions and choices and strength comes through enduring those decisions and the pain. It's like, you, you don't get that gift without doing the work. If you want to have wisdom, you have to, you have to suffer. <laughs> yeah. You know, there is a fable, I think, and Jim or, or Paul, either one of you might know it. I don't know it. I could just sort of give like a summary of it. Um, <clears throat> somebody's asking God for something. And the first person comes along and and wants oh, yeah. to save them. What's the, what is that fable? The story is that there's this there's a man was sitting in his house and the water a flood came. <laughs> it's my favorite he, joke. Yeah, you want to tell it, Paul? <laughs> oh, could I? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. My, my son, I used to tell this joke <laughs> to my son when he was like four or five. Um, the Jim says, all right, the joke starts off. There's a man in his house and a, the flood is coming and he's watching the news and and the, the flood's coming. They're telling everyone to evacuate. So the police come by and they knock on his door and say, hey, you, you got to evacuate. The flood's coming. And the man says, no, 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 I trust in the Lord. The Lord's going to save me. And the guy's like, all right. So the water rises and rises. It comes to the first floor and he has to move to the second floor. So the Coast Guard comes through on a boat and they, they're yelling at him in the window. It's like, hey, you got to get out of here. The flood water is going to come. You're going to drown. He's like, no, 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 I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord. He's going to save me. They're like, okay. So water rises up to the roof and he's out on top of the roof and they come by with a helicopter. And they say, get, here's the ladder. You got to get out. You're going to die. He's like, no, no, I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord. And they are, all right. And they go and he drowns. So he goes up to heaven and he's, he, sees, he sees God. He's like, I, I trusted you. I had faith in you. You were supposed to save me. And God says, I sent you the sheriff. I sent you the Coast Guard and the helicopter. What do you think? <laughs> what do you but, want? But, what do you right, want? But, but so often we don't see those clues and we don't right. know that there are people entering into our lives that could really help us. I, I'm actually dealing with that right now with someone that um, I've known just for a few months, but I see that old, that old wounded version of myself in this person and at times they'll say things like, um, you know, I'm very aware of the fact that I do that. And I say, you know, sometimes people are brought into your lives to help you work through that. 
and that person knows that that person is me, but they're not yet open to that process. <laughs> you know, but I do right. feel that that's so true that what, what is that other expression? Uh, when you're ready, the teacher appears. Yeah. To, what yeah. is, is that? The teacher it? appears when the student is ready. Yeah. Right. That's very and here I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, do we want to get to some callers here? We want to definitely wish uh, Debbie and her fiancé the best of luck. Um, we have a new email address for our listeners that contact us at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com. And we want to hear everyone's feedback and testimonials or just to say hello. If you've had a reading, please share it with us. It might be on, on one of our shows. We'd love to hear the story. So are we, are we ready for calls? or? Well, I want Jim to talk a little bit Um uh, to oh, talk definitely. a little bit about um, acupuncture, and then we'll start taking some calls. Um, I, because it's so important. People don't realize that there are so many things intertwined, at least in my experience with acupuncture. It's not just sticking a needle in and, oh, that ache goes away. To me, it's a totally spiritual, emotional, and physical experience. And I'm really anxious for Jim to talk about it because I really feel that you're not going to be able to have everything that you want, the good health, the, the love, the happiness, and all these things, unless your body's totally aligned. So I'm going to turn it over to, to, to Jim right now and let him dive in a little bit with the topic that, of today because I think it's important. And then we'll see what kind of callers we have and what some of the issues are. That sounds good. Okay, so um, what I found is that a lot of people ask me if acupuncture actually does anything or if it really works, which I think is kind of a silly question because it's what I've been doing for a living for 20 years. So, you know, yes, it works. Um, then they ask what it does, and they expect to hear an answer in modern terms of physics or medicine or something like that. Does it work on the nerves or the hormones or the quantum essence of your body or the electricity or something? And I explained to them that it would take me about as many years to explain acupuncture as it took me to learn it. So what most people need to understand is it helps many people. Uh, there's no such thing as medicine that helps everyone. And the language that we use is very technical to our practice. So even if I explain what I'm doing, it doesn't make sense. Eventually, I get around to explaining that the theory of acupuncture is based on the idea that there are sorts of rivers of energy that science hasn't been able to detect. But if we insert needles in certain places on those rivers, things happen that help people feel better. Finally, I'll explain that the stuff that flows in those rivers is called chi. It's kind of like the force from Star Wars, and it's kind of like the breath or essence of life force in the body and mind. All the same thing in Chinese medicine. The chi comes from the air, from the food we eat, from the earth, and from the heavens. And we also get chi from our parents. Some of this flows in the organs and some in the channels, and some flows near the surface of the skin, which could be the source of the aura that some people claim to see. And some things... I'm uh, one of those... Are you? You see auras? Um, yes, I can see auras, yes. So that's what you're looking at, is the, ski, the, the chi on the surface of the skin or near the surface of the skin. And some of the things that can block chi, when chi gets blocked, you, you, there's, there's some, kind of dis, uh, uh, some kind of a problem. And some of those things are like poor hygiene, eating habits, sleeping habits, mental habits, posture, environmental factors, feng shui, karma, genes, and physical or mental trauma. 
when chi gets blocked, it can cause these systems in the body to malfunction uh, and, and, uh, or rigidity in the muscles and joints and, and or pain. Um, so we, we have an old saying in Chinese medicine, if chi isn't flowing, it's because there's, I'm uh, sorry, the, if there's pain, it means the chi is not flowing. So no flow, no, no, uh, no flow, pain, uh, flowing, there's no pain. Uh, so what an acupuncturist does is they use their techniques to draw chi to follow in the channels in a healthy manner, which then helps relieve the comfort, discomfort. Okay. Questions, guys. Oh, well, so, I have not, but Paul, you go first. It's, um, this is traditional Chinese medicine. This is going back uh, centuries. Um, how, Millennia. Close, how closely aligned is this to Indian medicine as well with the, the work with chakras? Is it um, akin? Is it the same in different languages? What's there's, the connection there? There's, there are different languages. Indian medicine is all based on Sanskrit. Whereas uh, West, uh, Chinese medicine is based purely uh, on the traditional techniques that developed in China. What's that roaring noise? My, sorry, I moved my mic. Sorry about that. That's <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and uh, and so they they use very different languages, and uh, they also use very different philosophies because the Indian culture came out of Indo-European uh, basic cultures, whereas the Chinese culture is always native to China. Um, and it's been practiced in China for somewhere between three and five thousand years. Wow! So, so, um, so that's what that's what Chinese medicine is like. Uh, it's it's kind of a piece of the whole culture, uh, and so they 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 base uh, one of the basic uh, bases of the principle of the of the uh, medicine is the same as all other parts of the culture. Five elements and five elements talk about it's kind of like our four elements: air, fire, water, earth. But they have metal and wood instead of uh, uh, air. So it's air, fire, uh, air, water. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> now it's all gone. Fire, Earth, water, fire. metal, air. wood. wood. <laughs> fire. <laughs> air, those fire, earth, water. Now those are the four. Those are the those are the four from from the from the west from Europe. But the metal, water, wood, fire, and earth are the are the elements in Chinese medicine, and there's differences between the way those work too. So it's not identical. It's 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 similar, and there's there's some things that uh, that do overlap, like the chakras. Uh, there's the chakras are well known in Chinese medicine as well as in in Indian culture. Uh, it's just it's just a very different treatment with the chakras. So so we we see the chakras on the backbone and the front. Uh, and we'll use those as, as as reaction points for certain organs and 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 uh, uh, meridians. We would call them our channel flows. Right. Does in, uh, Indian uh, philosophy also have the the meridians and the the channels, or how how is that connected comparatively? They they, they do, but they don't map them the same way. So mm-hmm. they don't have like the five the, the the twelve what we call meridians that we that we treat. In Chinese medicine, they talk about the nerves, uh, kind of, uh, and they talk about uh, the uh, Idan Pingala and Susumna, which are three uh, backbone kind of things that uh, uh, are related. They're spinal things that are related, similar similar concepts in Chinese medicine, but they don't talk about the stomach meridian and the spleen meridian and all that, that, that stuff. Uh, they deal more with the central stuff, the real right. es- essential stuff. And then how does how does acupuncture compare to modern studies of like the endocrine system or the glandular system, the central nervous system? Are those, 
you know, was the Meridian something that was a precursor to understanding those things or is it completely separate? Well, you, you can't you can't really call an, uh, try and com- explain an apple in terms of an orange. Right. Uh, <laughs> so so there there's some overlap, but for the most part, when Western doctors look at what Chinese doctors do, they they just they they don't understand it at all. It doesn't make any right. sense. So they just throw it into this superstition thing. Except for the fact that a lot of their patients come back and say, "Oh, I'm all better now," mm-hmm. and they're like. How can that be? You had an incurable disease. Right. It's not supposed oh, well. to work. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it wasn't incurable after all, was it? <laughs> so the doctor says so, you were misdiagnosed and, and kicked you out <laughs> or you're lying. So Jim, One of the two. Jim, yeah. are you treating, I mean, do you treat the symptoms? Because let's assume somebody comes in and we don't know what's wrong with them. We just know that they have a backache or they have a pain in their left side or whatever. So at yeah. that point, are you making some sort of diagnosis or are you just oh, yeah. treating the symptoms? No, no. Uh, a, a diagnosis is essential. Um, mm. uh, it's just that the diagnosis won't agree. I might say something like deficient bladder chi and the doctor might look at me like, what is right, right, <laughs> right, that I get. Yeah, but deficient bladder chi would mean that, that you're having trouble holding your urine in. Hmm. So the chi to hold the urine, the force to hold the urine is lacking, and so the, the urine is leaking out. And so I would treat that as a as a problem with the way the chi is moving, and I would try to tonify the bladder chi. And when I do that, people's urine stops flowing out, and you know un, unexpectedly, and they get surprised because the doctors don't have anything they can do for that. Well, oh. except probably drugs of some sort. But well, are, yeah. are there are there are there any diseases or ailments that do not respond to to acupuncture? Well, congenital diseases are always hard. For every every medicine has a hard time with with things that are that are you're born with because uh, your whole system reflects and echoes that that problem in in all of the the cells in your body. So it's really hard to make a reversal on that stuff. Um, but there aren't many things aside from those that I would consider impossible. Some of them are more of a challenge because they require more work from the patient's end. That for instance, that. for instance <laughs> like what kind of work? Um, well, for, for instance, Parkinson's. Because Parkinson's is a, is a very, very difficult disease to treat because the patient is really uh, psychically involved in the disease and the, the essence of the way their psyche works says that they can't be involved in the disease. So they have to basically stop believing that what they know is true and, and, and get to a point where they can work with it. So you can see the challenge right there. Huh? Without a doubt. So Jill, you mentioned that, that you felt there was a spiritual component and you've had some acupuncture done. Can you relate some of those stories of your benefits you've received? Yeah, um, there was one in particular, and then I kind of want to tie into some of the work that Jim does, because Jim has been working on me with acupressure way back in the day before he was an acupuncturist. Um, And then as an acupuncturist, he's done a lot of work with me. But I did have an amazing spiritual experience, and I have not had the opportunity yet to talk to Jim about this. So I'm going to ask him on the air to tell me what he thinks about it. Oh, joy. But, um, 
But um, <laughs> this was several years ago, and I was going to an acupuncturist that I, I'd gone to many, many times before, and I've had some really wild experiences there. I don't know why, but I just she must hit all the right meridians and stuff, and I go into Never Never Land. So in this one particular experience, uh, I was lying there rela- trying to relax and breathe and all this other stuff. And all of a sudden, one of my dogs that had passed away, Tiara, who was really one of my favorites, came to me. And in a very sweet, loving way, she was trying to sort of direct me or guide me to somewhere that, that she wanted me to go. And I was like asking questions and trying to figure out what the heck she was there for, because I'm also a medium and I wasn't understanding what was happening in that moment. And then her doggy mom, Crystal, who was my top show dog ever, and the absolute love of my life, the sweetest dog in the world. I mean, she was timid. She was just sweet, but she was amazing. Uh, she she pops in. She pushes Tiara away and goes, I'll handle this. And she um, very, um, I don't want to say forcefully, but strongly just whisked me away. And I don't even remember the specifics of what happened, but it was an amazing experience. I mean, we were off in Never Never Land, and and I remember I was learning things and experiencing things, and then when the acupuncturist came back in, I go, Crystal's here, and she literally looked around the room because she knew what Crystal Mm -hmm. meant to me, and she also knew how, you know, I mean, I I am a medium, and I draw in all these energies. She thought she was going to see Crystal, and then she said, I'll I'll give you a little bit more time, and she gave me like a half an hour more, and the whole time was wound up with Crystal showing me things, and I, I was like at you know, where they sometimes talk about you go to this place and, you know, like the Akasha, Akashic, you know, records. I was going Mm -hmm. through books. I was going through everything and just learning everything and dealing with everything. I felt after that experience, like I was on cloud nine for weeks. Now she didn't always put a, a needle in my third eye, the pineal gland. I mean, usually she did in that particular day. She did. Um, and I think from that point on, she always did to sort of, you know, elicit some of these experiences for me. But from a technical perspective, Jim, is that an unusual experience or, or do you think something else was at play or did it have to do with the pineal gland? Well, I think, I think part of it has to do with how open you are to those kinds of experiences. Uh, it's not unusual for people to go into alpha state when they are being needled Um, and and when that happens then whatever you're receptive to is what you get what you get and you're very receptive to all the spiritual stuff that's going on around you and it was just an opportunity for these 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 spirits that that you love so much to 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 take you on a journey and it was quite a journey that yeah. that gland is well known, you know, across uh, disciplines. That that's the center for any kind of meditative practice and focus and astral projection, and psychic. And um, psychic. You know, all those things. But it, as a, a functioning organ, it produces melatonin. So how how does that kind of cross over? Is it putting you into like you're saying a sleep state, an alpha wave state, where your brain is able to receive outside influences better? How does that work, Jim? Well, we we do use that point very much for calming patients down who are who are you know in an agitated state. Uh, 
So that's that's one great use for it. It helps. It's a good meditation point for us. Um, there are other points. I rarely use it because uh, a lot of people complain about it because that point is right over the Ajna Chakra, which is the third eye. And if I'm needling into their third eye, they get really upset. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but you get it. So that, that's that's why I mean usually it's a, it's a, it's it okay if I do this, especially with people who do a spiritual practice of any sort. I I, I always ask because I just don't want to make sh- I want to make sure that I don't uh, injure them in any way. But but if somebody's irritated and and upset and you know whatever they just came in from a big argument with somebody or something and had a bad experience driving over, I, w- I will use that point as a way to kind of bring them back to the center. So yeah. getting back to the basics, like w- with acupuncture, you're putting a very, very tiny needle in certain points in the body and then stimulating that either by, what do you call it, palpitating or even electronically, you can put a, a little bit of current in there. What is happening when you're stimulating that um, acupuncture point that you've got well, a, a needle in? One one way you can stimulate a point is with electricity. It's true. You can use and you can even use electrostim type of stimulation. That's what they do in China when they're doing these uh, acupuncture uh, anesthesia, where mm. they'll knock they'll knock out a part of your body. They're, what they're really doing is they're doing heavy stimulation of the nerve with with acupuncture needles in the nerve and pounding it with electricity, and that that kills the nerve for a little while. That doesn't kill kill, but but it just knocks it out. And and they can go ahead and do all the operating they want to while you're wide open conscious and you don't know that they're doing anything. So that, that nerve won't transfer that, that energy, the, the pain messages Can't. to the brain. It's, it's it, overloaded it and shut overloaded down. overloaded and asleep, yeah. That's oh, fascinating. Um, but but mostly what, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm trying to stimulate uh, a tonic kind of response if I'm using needles with, with, with electricity. Uh, sometimes stimulating the needle with my hand, meaning making the needle move in and out or twisting it in certain ways, things like uh. that is, is used as... Sorry, I've had experience with Jim doing... It's <laughs> not always pleasant. Yeah, no. well... Sometimes people need a, a, a physical treatment. They, they have a physical problem, so I'll needle the muscle instead of instead of just an acupuncture point, um, and that 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 can be quite a challenge, but uh, yeah. it's worth it because afterwards that muscle relaxes very well. Um, and sometimes uh, I mean I I know acupuncturists who actually just kind of lay the needle on the skin, and there's also other techniques that we use: scraping, we'll use uh, cupping. We'll use heat mm-hmm. where, where we'll burn uh, uh, mugwort, dried mugwort, and, yeah. uh, and, uh, and heat up a meridian that's too cold. Uh, and it does a great job of eliminating heat. In fact, if, if you uh, 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 have diarrhea or constipation, we can use uh, uh, these kinds of needlings around your navel. Uh, this kind, not necessarily needling, but at least heat around your navel as a way to, to make that stop. And it's really effective. It's amazing. So there, there's there, more what, to traditional Chinese medicine than just acupuncture. There's a whole host of oh, yeah. other techniques and philosophies. And there's, it's, it's and there's herbs, too. We haven't even touched herbs. I like herbs. Herb formulas, um, yeah. I do like Everybody herbs. Likes herbs. I have a question. No needles. There was one acupuncturist that I went to at one point, and they actually did a facelift um, acupuncture treatment. Is yeah. that like... Is that fab stuff or is that real stuff? Uh, it's 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 a little of both. Uh, I would I would put it more in the fad thing, especially for the price you pay. 
it's a pretty expensive treatment. Uh, just just because people who do that have a lot of money and want to spend it on things, um, it works. Uh, and oh, it does. Uh, yeah, it does work. It's effective, uh, and it's really based on, more on Western medicine than on Chinese medicine t- thinking. So they're thinking more about uh, just like the the uh, the nerve, uh, uh, the acu analgesia, the acu uh, anesthesia techniques that they use in China. Uh, um, we're not, they're not working on meridians as much as they're working on what's underneath and the muscles and the, and the skin and the, the layers. And they're trying to help those to dissolve. So they, they go in and, uh, and uh, needle shallowly in the skin to try and bring a little swelling in that area to, to help it fill in. So does it, though, tighten skin or increase the collagen output? Or is it just, like you said, to stimulate that area? And increase um, blood flow. You know, I'm going to have to beg uh, ignorance on that. It's not an area that I do any work in. Uh, I do have friends that do, and if I have anybody who needs that, I refer them out because it's just not the kind of work I want to do. I want to help people that have real problems. And sometimes <laughs> skin problems are real I'm problems. I'm raising my true. hand. Send me. Send me to your friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean problems that, that you know, of pain and, and, uh, right. and things like More that that I can really. Stuff. Yeah, right. So I have a question based on something you were talking about earlier when you mentioned the third eye. If somebody came to you and said, I'm really working hard on trying to increase my intuition, would you Mm. use that third eye point to help stimulate that or or bring it to the surface or activate it, I guess? I would have to take into account who the person is. There's no treatment that works for everybody. I really have to modify it for the person. If that person has a lot of upper energy, and where I put a needle, I'm going to draw energy. I'm going to draw force, chi. And if, if I put a needle in the head and you're already excess in the head, that's going to make you have such a bad headache, you're not going to be happy with me. So uh, I might not do that. I might actually draw your your chi to your feet because you're so up in your head that you need to be drawn down to the earth. So I need to earth you, ground you. I didn't even realize that uh, acupuncture can ground you. That that oh, really yeah, is sure. interesting. So so can everyone be healed, or is that like anything else that it's you know they have to believe that they can be healed? It's, it, it, there's a lot of that. You have to believe it. You have to look at whatever it is that it, you're trying to heal, and you you have to look at at their constitution if they can take the healing. Sometimes it's better to let someone have what they've got than to than to try and fix it because if if you do, then they end up suffering even worse. So you really need to How take you- into the, the situation. How do you explain that to someone, though? Oh, I'm going to leave you with that pain or ache or disease because you're not ready to let it go. I'd say, well, so the risks, the risks are very great that I'm not going to, that, that what I do is going to make it even worse in a different way or make something else happen that's going to be worse. I get people who come in and say, well, I've got this pain here, and I know that it's a pain that moved from somewhere else. And I say, well, you know, we talked about what caused this pain in your shoulder, and now it's in your back because I fixed your shoulder and they're like, yeah, we'll make it go away. And I'm like, the problem isn't in your, in your back. The problem is in your head. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to have your, have your, 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 your beliefs, your thoughts, and you're trying to suffer through this stuff and hope that I can take it away. And I I can't do that. Your body's talking to you. So listen to it. 
right. fix, fix that problem. So, so I want to ask you, because um, we didn't really talk about Chinese medicine, but just briefly. So how, how does Chinese medicine overall include things like um, qi, qigong? Is, am I pronouncing qigong. that right? And feng shui. Qi, qigong. Qigong and feng shui. Well, these, these are all parts of the, the healing culture in China, which is another piece of the whole culture, which, like I said, talks about those five element things. So uh, let's start with feng shui. Feng shui is the, is the art of designing your living context to make it so that it helps enhance the things that are lacking in you. So if you came to me and said, uh, well, you know, I'm, I, haven't had an, I haven't made enough money in this life. I need to, to make more money. Um, um, what I might do is say, okay, you know, let's take a look at your life in your home and see what, oh, look at that. Well, if you make this change and put your bed here and put your, put your other stuff in, you, you'll see that things will change. And when they do that, the, the balance of the, of the energy in their life changes because the house is just another body for you. It's just another mm. container that holds you. And if that container is kind of mucked up, it's going to muck up the rest of the container. So, so that's kind of kind of a way to look at it. I'm so very into and aware of feng shui. I mean, yeah. I, I I have a strong belief in it. I really do. So qi gong means uh, means qi cultivation. It, it's practices that are used for uh, uh, mentally and physically, visually and you know, imaginarily, uh, working with the energy in your body to to change its patterns to, to be to contribute to your own healing. And sometimes we'll use that. Sometimes we'll use different kinds of visualizations and things like that as a way to treat people. Instead of saying you are uh, 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 you have some reverse chi running in your stomach meridian, we might say, I want you to visualize the energy in your stomach meridian moving towards your feet instead of your head. And I would trace out the stomach meridian on their body and just have them work with that. That's a very rudimentary form of qigong. Oh. Interesting. Uh, you know, I think you've done that that type of thing on me when you've worked all on me. All the time. I, I do it all the time. Because I feel when you're in, like, the crossroads of different meridians. And I even say I, I could feel something there. And you yeah. say, oh, well, I'm at the beginning of the lung meridian and the end of – I forget what it's called where they, they sort of meet – um, uh-huh. and, and I always feel when you're, I know when you're there. So yeah, uh-huh. I, I get that. But what was, what is the weirdest thing that you've ever treated? Uh-huh. The weirdest thing I've ever treated. Um, so here's a good one. A woman comes in, a surgeon had cut a nerve in uh-huh. her nose when he was trying to, when he was trying to tie up an artery that was bleeding all the time and causing her to have chronic nosebleeds. Mm-hmm. They did. They they tried to cauterize it over and over again. It wouldn't go away. So she comes to me and says, "I don't know if you can do anything with this, but here's what's going on." And she maps out exactly exactly what's going, what what's happening, and what you know how she was injured. And I started studying all these anatomical models and stuff like that. And I found the nerve that he must have cut. And the sensation she had was the top of her mouth, the palate, felt like she had just eaten burning pizza you know how it sticks to mm-hmm. your mouth and then it just ah and you feel that pain right. forever that's right. chronic for her that was that was where they mm. left her and they said sorry you're just gonna have to live with that that's what they said it's not gonna uh, go yeah. away <laughs> so she comes to me and says can you do this so 
I started doing electroacupuncture. I put a piece of tin foil in her mouth and I connected an electro an electrode to it and then I put a needle where behind beyond beyond where the uh, surgeon had had cut it the nerve and I did very very gentle gentle electrical stim- stimulation there and after three or four treatments it got better and now mm. it's gone completely wow so you you re- reset that connection past well, that nerve point that had been cut what ha- what nerves always grow back, or they mm-hmm. try to grow back? What I did is I gave the nerve a gentle pathway and a stimulation that said, "Grow back." Go go that way. <laughs> grow back, yeah, and it did. Wow. That was the weirdest thing I ever treated. That's that's And that is unusual. Yeah, that really is. I, I think I just so got you, chills hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that means when you get the chills. No. <laughs> it, it's a validation. It, it's basically saying it's the truth. And it also means it, that it really resonates within, you know, I mean, we're, we all know the truth. I believe when right. we feel and hear the truth, it does resonate with us. When you get the chills, that's a sign of truth. Yeah, it definitely resonated with me. I definitely felt that sense of like, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> And it is. It really is. Um, I didn't know that because I once had that surgery and they they screwed up a nerve. Um, And I went through five years of agony, really five years of major agony. But I think I was going for acupuncture. Not with you because I was already moved away, but I'm pretty sure I was going through acupuncture. But I guess my nerve was far in my body and I, I guess they weren't able to stimulate it enough. Oh, I've got some or very long needles. How. You do? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've experienced it with Jim right down to the bone. Ooh. What are you like digging into my bones for? Because <laughs> that's where the problem is. Oh, God. <laughs> well, it works. I mean, bottom line is it does work. Yeah. It does. And that's the key. And, and I do think, well, what are your feelings about um, really – having to have that energy alignment in your body between mind, body, soul, I mean, the whole thing and your emotions. I I feel if you're out of kilter, because I tell my clients all the time, go for body work. We need to start freeing up a lot of these really dormant, stuck areas. And every emotion and every experience in our life gets stuck in our body. And that's really what a pain is, at least in my interpretation of things uh-huh. from a psychological perspective, from a, um, from a, uh, 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 I guess an acupuncture standpoint, you said pain is stuck or, you know, blocked chi, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I guess trauma or emotions can do that, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I know there's yeah, a we, tie-in, but what's your feeling in, about the whole tie-in between all of it, between mind, in, body, and soul, and emotions? In, in Chinese medicine, there, there's no distinction between mind and body. That was something uh, that, that this guy named uh, Descartes kind of came up with as a uh, way to allow science to live with the Pope. Uh, <laughs> and so... <laughs> There it was. They, suddenly we have the mind and body split, and now it's, you know, if the doctors can't cure it, they send it off to the psychologist. Right. Um, uh, that's, but that's only in the, in the West. In the East, uh, China's, Ch- Chinese actually see that the, the emotions can be a contributing factor to disease and can be uh, a, a, a disease in themselves and a way, to, a, a way for us to, to get 
past disease if we can if we can treat the emotions and we'll use the same kind of tools that we would use with anything else so i might use uh, uh needles in certain meridians in certain places spirit points things like that to to help alleviate uh uh certain certain mental uh habits uh or qigong as a way to alleviate a mental habit and acupuncture to support that so all these different ideas uh so- they all work together so how does karma play into this, if at all? Because as you know, years back, I used to do energy healing, mostly with animals, because I found people too complicated. They would always recreate the same old problems. So I felt yeah. with working with animals, they don't usually have that issue. But how does karma play into this, if at all? Um, well, if you, if you look at everything that goes on in your life, for your whole life, all of your experiences. So some of those experiences actually would be karmically motivated. So you're, you're, for example, this one thing happened to me is very strange. I'm standing on a subway platform in New York City, and this guy walks up to me and puts his face right into mine. I'd never met him. I'd never seen him before. He just was angry. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what connected us. But I do know what connected. It was some kind of a karmic link there that that made him think that I was the guy that he needed to get angry with. He, that, and something called him to me, and that could create, you know, inner problems for me if I was a different person. If I didn't have a, a bit of strength to my character, uh, that might have that might have doubled me over. So, so that kind of thing could be very very difficult and. There's no way to account for it in any other, you know, it wasn't external, it wasn't food, it wasn't sleep, it wasn't, you know, it was a person who was karmically motivated to be in your face. Another one could be you're driving down the street and a rock hits your car. (laughs) The shock could knock knock you into a bad place and that was karma. So, so are you saying that, uh, Karma is going to happen regardless of what sort of acupuncture gets done. So my yeah. interpretation of what you, you're saying is acupuncture doesn't change your karmic debt in any way, shape, oh, no. or form, no, or alleviate it. Okay. No, no. If you're if you're a good Buddhist, lots of prayers. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I think even if you're a good whatever, lots of prayers can't hurt. Yeah, yeah. They might be might be prayers in different ways. But yeah. I think prayer in itself is a very powerful, very, very powerful thing to use. So we're we're kind of getting back into to manifestation where your your emotions can somehow physically manifest into a physical problem and your karmic energy, whatever is in your karmic debt, your your ledger of things, you know, good or bad, what you put out into the universe is gonna come back to you and somehow it manifests into a physical um, presence of some sort, you know, there's something wrong with your body and that, that can also send you into a tailspin and a loop where your then your mind starts feeding into that problem and making a loop and it's hard to break out of that. What are your thoughts on that, Jim? If you have, you know, you have a karmic debt and, and something comes out of nowhere, causes a physical problem, where do you direct people outside of the, um, the actual acupuncture into doing quote unquote, the work that needs to release you from those cycles and those, you know, those loops. Well, first of all, usually I can treat the effect of karma, meaning if if you go through a karmic event and you end up getting trauma, I can treat the trauma. 
Um, if you go through, a, I mean, re- remember that birth is a karmic event also. So the people you're born to uh, and the kind of genes that you get from them, as well as the kind of raising that they did, you know, how they injured you in, in raising you. Those are things that that uh, uh, are difficult to treat because they're they're so ingrained into things um, in your in your in your mind and, and in your body. But uh, uh uh, when it comes to to real karmic issues and concern about whether or not something bad is going to happen to you with with you know karmically speaking, um, at those times I start I start suggesting certain types of uh, uh, meditation techniques and things like that that uh, you know and teachers who would be able to to move the patient more in the direction of of finding some spiritual solitude and and uh, uh, peace. Yeah. I want to add something to that, and and yeah. I don't remember if we did a show on karma or not. I know we've talked we about it numerous we did times. Two, we, did. we did two shows. I thought we did. I thought we did. <laughs> you know, there's many people out there that don't believe in karma, so yeah. it, it all depends on the perspective. I mean, if you're if you're coming from the perspective of, you know, karma is controlling every aspect of your life, then I think you're going to be impacted greatly in a positive way from the way Jim can treat your ailments and maybe like he said, you know, direct you in certain ways. But if you don't believe in karma, um, and a lot of people don't, I mean, uh, um, I, I deal with, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I grew up with the belief structure that karma was real, but when you get more into the new agey stuff, it's all about us. And it's all mm-hmm. about, you know, our, our ability to manifest and create. And if we, in essence, are a co-creator with God and, and God has forgiven all of our sins and, you know, how, how do we have any karma? But I don't know what the answer is on that, but I just wanted to bring up that there was a different, you know, there was a differing point of view regarding karma that not mm-hmm. everybody buys into that concept. Yeah, and when I get patients that don't buy into that kind of a concept, I do what I can. You know, I can't I can't tell them that they have to believe in karma because this is what's going on. And usually it's it's after the karma has already impacted them that I'm actually seeing them anyway. So right. usually right. I'm, I'm treating the outcomes. Yeah. Yeah, you're and or the traumas like you said. Yeah. Well, it, it's fine because the way I've always looked at it, it's 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 science based because matter can neither be created nor destroyed that that concept of well you put energy into a system it's going to come back and you know i had friends that do stupid things and then two weeks later something happens to them and it was one of my bands in buffalo they were laughing about some car that they made a mess of in the parking lot because they parked at a slant so they Mm -hmm. jammed their door into this guy's car because he parked wrong in their mind and they laughed and laughed about it i'm like why, why would you do something two weeks later he, he destroyed his car he wrecked it and i'm like oh. you don't see the connection there it's like and they're like no what i'm like you did this two weeks ago and now your car is right don't you see what you did you know you get what you get <laughs> yeah but could that be guilt that his guilty thoughts manifested in him maybe created these that. guys were not very guilt ridden they were laughing about it. <laughs> There's <laughs> some boneheads from from Buffalo, you know, my old friends. Yeah. So, you know, so you're discussing they, the ego, yeah, but you're did. not discussing this, the superego. Yeah. So the superego might actually have some guilt. 
There's some pieces I might know it somewhere that that wasn't the right thing that to do. was wrong. Yeah. One can only hope. <laughs> well, <laughs> that that plays into the karma as well as into the what Jill said. You know, it's just their their guilt manifesting. Um, once again, and and the principle of karma would say that that superego is going to going to be how that the karmic impact of that would get established. They're lucky it was instant karma. It doesn't happen in a future lifetime. I know. <laughs> well, sometimes it takes years and you can never connect the dots. Yeah. I, I've never seen karma as like a mystical kind of magical thing. It's just like frequency, vibration, energy. It's a, it, yeah. to me, it feels like it's a tangible thing. If you're vibrating at a certain energy and you put it into the universe and it's negative or positive, it's going to reflect back to you at some point, um, you know, Sooner yeah. or later. Well, Jim, Jim used to have a um, sort of like, uh, I don't know if it was an expression or an example that he would talk to me about, about a pebble being thrown into water and then the ripple effect right. of that, of that pebble. Jim, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Do you remember so, that? Did I miss that's any right. part The ripples of it? would go out and eventually they would hit the edges of the pond and they would come back and then hit the center again. So you'd be able yep. to actually watch the karma of that rock hitting the water go out and then come back. Right. So, yes. And then those peaks and valleys will add or subtract and become all kinds of different shapes that you never intended. <laughs> but, okay, so a question. Well, since we're on karma, then, then I want us to um, let Jim finish and wind this up so we could start taking callers. But um, so if someone's having tremendous bad, if their whole life is bad luck, do we, would you immediately think it's karma or do you, would you immediately think it's a psychological issue or emotional first, issue? Again, it's, 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 I, I, don't, I don't judge the, the, the thing that they're saying. I judge who they are. And if they come to me and say, I'm a born-again Christian and, and uh, I've got all, it just seems like God's really out to get me, then I would quote the famous line from uh, 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 Sister Teresa who who um, uh, was writing in a in a storm one night? She's a, a famous saint, Saint Teresa. That's her name. And she was riding in a storm one night on a cart, and she she the you know the horses were running and they got crazy and they ran off and then the cart dumped dumped over and mud everywhere all over her and everything and she's prone on the ground. She kind of lifts her face up and God opens in the the skies and says. Be of good cheer, Teresa. This is how I treat my my best friends. And she says, perhaps, oh, Lord, that's why you have so few. (laughs) (laughs) So that kind of a joke, that kind of a story to to get across the idea that, you know, you really got to to, to put it into their context so they can work with it. Because my job isn't to convert them to anything. My job is to help them find healing and peace in what they are and who they are. And I have tools that I can use for a lot of different religions that can help people get to that place. And that's, that is what's important in this situation. And see, I I approach it a little bit different because to me, it doesn't matter what, what religion they are, what their belief structure is. I believe that if they're manifesting and creating um, this feeling of there's a black cloud following me wherever it wherever I go, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. a belief or there's a, lim- yeah. a limitation inside of them that's creating or manifesting that in their lives. And that's what I work with in life coaching is finding things like that. And mm-hmm. the more, the more we dig into it and the more somebody, and there are methods in how to resolve it. 
Um, but, it, you know, once we're hitting on those things and peeling off those layers, like I said earlier, the changes are almost miraculous that I see in in people almost overnight. Do you see as quick of responses if you're really if, if you're working with someone and emotionally or intellectually, they're getting everything that you're talking to them about. Do you see that? Cause I see instant shifts in people. Yeah. What I, I've seen people come in with shoulder pain and, and I will have a long conversation with them while I'm doing gentle holding of the shoulder, just holding it, not needling, just holding. <clears throat> and at the end of the treatment, they'll say, wow, it's all gone. It's a hundred percent. It's better. It's like, I haven't done anything, but talk to you. <laughs> well, there is a so, branch of psychology that believes that, I mean, all our issues are, are stored in our body. And the problem is when we have pain, we're angry at it. We, we, mm-hmm. we don't validate it. We're not there with it. What you just yeah. described is being present with the yeah. pain and showing it that you hear it, you see it, you know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. And that means that the pain that she was feeling or he was feeling was not a cause by a muscle being pulled or something right. physical. It was really something going on in the head. And that's what I'm saying is that kind of connecting is what's necessary for someone to get the head problem fixed. And as I said, you know, th- this, this kind of person typically comes in, I give them a treatment, they should be better, they come back and it got worse. Okay, we're talking about something going on between the ears now. Right. And I want to ask you one final question that has nothing to do with anything that we talked about tonight. But, okay. And I'm not going to mention who this happened to or anything like that because I don't want to embarrass the person. But what would you do with someone? Let's just assume you were working not even um, – you know, on their body, but you're just working with somebody spiritually and they, they feel like they've grown wings. <laughs> oh, I've had that happen. Uh, so what, what do you think about that experience? What's really happening? Do you think? I, I have people who swear that they actually had a, a spiritual experience of flying and they're standing mm. in my office and I'm, I'm doing whatever I'm doing while they're standing up and just flying. They're flying mm. in their head. They're totally flying. Mm. Um, what do I do? I go with it. But what, what is they it? Need to do. What, what is what is that? What what's the what? Pro, what happens? And what if you're not even needling somebody and they have that experience? I wasn't needling him at the time. Oh, oh. And and, and um, what I do? I mean, it's, like I said, it's 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 their it's the thing they need at that moment. It's what they need to go through, what they need to do, how they need to process in order for them to find their healing. My job is to be there and witness and, 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 and uh, uh, you know, help them facilitate, not, not now, to be in charge. I, don't, I can't be in charge. I've got to let it, let it do what it has to do. Do you ever think that um, they're embodying some sort of, you know, um, spiritual, you know, an angelic influence or anything of that nature, or if they are actually finding their own power, their spiritual power. Um, I let them tell me that I don't, I don't put, I don't imbue it with my predilections or anybody else's. I let them tell me what they're, what's going on. 
And then I reflect later about what we what happened and kind of get there, get, help them evolve it, help them grow it, to, you know, to to develop it into whatever the real story is behind it for them. But but uh, uh, I, I to to say angels, I mean, in in the Hindu and Buddhist cultures, they might have dakinis or or gods, uh, devas. Uh, it could be anything. It's hard to say what that is because you know in Western culture we have winged things flying around that we call angels, but that doesn't mean that's where he was. Very different things could be going on. Right. Right. I understand that. But do you remember working with someone within the past couple of months that had that experience? No. <laughs> <laughs> you have a very bad memory at times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I'm, I'm finished with my questions. Paul, do you have any other questions? No, it's all been very fascinating. We just want to let it everyone is. know we have a new phone number. We're taking calls all night tonight, 319-527-6216, 319-527-6216. So if you okay. for the first call, I will. We've, uh, we've got Tanika. Tanika is a previous caller who has some follow-up questions uh, uh, on the reading that she got, and what what I want to let you know is, while I'm while you guys talk to Tanika, I'm going to go and talk to some of the other callers who've called in since I started talking. All, All right. right, but okay. let I want Tanika to give us a little bit of a background. I remember her name, and okay. I remember her calling it on the last show, but I don't remember what we were talking about. So I okay. need a little Hi, bit Hi, Tanika. Hi, Tanika. Can you Hi, tell us your story? Tell yes. us what happened um, in the previous reading so we can we can kind of pull it together. Okay, Lady Fontaine had advised me on a guy that I cared about that she said that um, she just thought that he wasn't available. I spoke to you, I think, on Valentine's Day. What was his name? His name was, his name was Frank. Great. I remember, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, since then, I, of course, you know, I still haven't heard from him. Um, but I heard from a reader that he's involved with someone right now and that he's also very angry. So I just wanted to follow up with you to kind of like ask you what, like some more of like what, if you see any of that being true um, and also just to hear what you have to say, because I feel like you spoke the truth. All right. Let me look at Frank's energy again and see what I pick up with that. <clears throat> See, I see him more, um, uh, and I'm just deferring to my my, my guides for a minute because they have a little bit different perspective on things. What I feel psychically is he he I, he he has cycles, and he has very much cycles on and off. Not necessarily even with people, but it feels almost life. Like he goes through periods of time where where I could feel the animation in his energy and it's it's like he thinks he has um you know razor sharp focus but i i really feel his energy all over the place um and i feel that's when he'll either step forward to you or go on the search for someone else what i will tell you is i do not feel any like serious involvement or any woman around him that's any sort of serious involvement at all i see this man as needing um almost like that initial excitement with people and getting that charge 
from a relationship or at least the the hopes of a relationship. So I would not by any means say that he's not on the lookout or, you know, talking to people or searching or anything like that. But I do not feel like you said, the other person had said that he was involved with somebody. I'm not picking that up at all. I feel very much a flatness in his energy regarding relationships and involvements. I find I find him more in his head and more um, going in circles. He's like um, bouncing off of walls almost and scrambling to look for something. And, and what I call that is a distraction. When people are broken inside and they're not ready to work on their own issues, they'll also often look for um, distractions. For him, it's that new energy, that new excitement, that new, you know, toy that, you know, he can get his um, satisfaction or kicks out of, and it's not malicious. This is all pieces of the broken self that are popping out in him. He's not maliciously doing anything, but I do not find, an, when, when you say involvement, I'm looking at that as a relationship. I don't see any relationships around him. I do not. I, do, I, uh, do I feel that he's looking for that next, you know, shiny object to um, you know, sort of keep him distracted, that I would give you an affirmative on. That one feels like that's just his M.O. because he is bouncing off of walls. But I don't feel there's nothing. My guides are validating. There is no relationship that he's involved with right now. Is he angry? Like, is he holding on to anger? I don't anger feel that him? either. No, okay. I don't feel that either. And I hate mm-hmm. to do this when some when another reader has told you something else. I hate to dispute it, but I don't feel any any real anger at you at all. I don't. I feel confusion. Okay. I feel um, I, I, I feel, and I might have even said this last time we spoke. I feel there is a deep connection between the two of you, and I believe he really values it. I feel more anger at himself than anything else because I feel this guy's got both abandonment issues and um, there's something else there. Um, let me just. I'm trying to zoom in a little bit deeper into his energy. Um, there, it's self-worth issues. My guides are saying that um, that's that's real. That's it. The self-worth issues. I mean, he really doesn't feel good enough and worthy of a relationship. Therefore, he sabotages relationships. That's more. And and yeah, could he make excuses and get mad or angry at you? Yeah, but is on a scale of one to ten, I would say it's a two. Nothing comes through with really being angry at you. Mm-hmm. Are we going to get together, like, officially ever? I want to speak to you off air, too, by the way, in two weeks, if you're available, for sure. Okay. No, that's great. Because then I, we obviously can get into, you know, more details with stuff. But um, overall, um, I'm not – and I might have said this last time as well. I don't necessarily feel – an overnight shift with him. He There's too much, especially this week when I'm looking at his energy, there's too much of that feeling of bouncing off of walls for me to give you a succinct answer that, yeah, you guys are going to get back together and it's going to be in a month or two. He's too all over the place. And until he gets in, you know, pretty much what we were talking about earlier today about getting more centered and getting more connected with yourself. This has nothing to do with you, Tanika. It's not that he didn't like you, and it's not that he doesn't have um, 
good feelings towards you. It's more that he doesn't know what he wants. There's a lot of wounds. There's a lot of hurts. Um, I don't remember the details of, of what you might have told us last week, but I feel, and I don't remember if I said this or not, but um, two major um, issues that he had. If these are the same relationship or two different relationships, it feels like big wounds, big betrayals, big hurts that he's still holding on to. And until he can work through those issues, you know, he's going to keep sabotaging relationships. So I would say for the immediate future, I don't see anything remarkable changing or happening um, in, in that relationship. I'm not going to discount ever, you know, that he's not ever going to have like an aha moment where he can do a 180 and really start seeing the truth here. Because the bottom line is that he, you and Frank have a very strong and dynamic energy, you know, connection. You do that the energy between the two of you is very powerful. And I really feel he thinks about it. And I honestly feel even if he moved on, which I don't feel that he has officially moved on, but even if he did move on, I, I feel everybody would be compared to what he felt with you. And then eventually he would want to go back to you because he's not going to find it anywhere else. But it's almost like he's got to do what he's doing. It's, it's his MO at this point. Um, how, what has he told you as far as previous relationships? Has he had longstanding relationships other than either a marriage or, um, well, I see a marriage or some committed relationship and one other relationship that feels like it was long lasting. Other than that, it feels like he's like sort of bouncing in and bouncing out of people's lives. Yeah, he's told me that he was married and it didn't work out. And he told me that he was just friends. The job that we worked at, there was a girl named Michelle that worked there that had two sons. Um, everybody there told me that before I came, you know, she was there and that they were really unusually close. And everyone there swear they were trying, the girls were trying to protect me. Some of the women, they were trying to protect me from him, I guess. So they saw we got involved and they would try to tell me, you know, I think he's still, in, you know, he used to be involved with this girl, Michelle, that used to work here because he still stays good friends with her, even though she doesn't work there anymore. And he would never let me in about their relationship, never tell me if they were ever involved. He always says, no, they were always just friends. So I don't know if that situation was one where they were involved and never let anybody know. I don't know if that's the one you're thinking of or if they truly yeah, were just friends. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling much there. I'm not saying that they weren't talking or um, on a high level exploring things, but I don't feel a real, you know, again, a real relationship or real anything there. I feel there was an interest and there was an intrigue and it was mutual, um, but I'm not finding that, you know, real kind of serious or committed kind of feeling at all. There feels like to me, um, a relationship, I would say, between, I don't know, one and a half and three years ago. It doesn't feel like this is something that's 30 years old. It feels like it's in the past few years that, to me, it feels like it was a relationship he was involved in, I would say, roughly seven to nine to 12 months. Um, and it comes through as if that person either cheated on him or left him 
and he was utterly surprised. He wasn't expecting it. He had no idea that the relationship was broken because I feel that element of surprise with him. Did he ever share anything like that with you? No, he never. He never really talked about vulnerable stuff with me. You know, I would I would kind of have to just read him and try to see it on his face and just pick up on the nuances, but he would never kind of like talk about that stuff. Um, there's something, there's something there. I mean, you know, there, I, I honestly believe that there's a very good man there. He comes through, um, as really, there is a gentle soul in there. There really is a genuine person in there, but he's got stuff that only he could work through. And until he works through that, unfortunately, he's, he's going to continue bouncing off of walls. It's almost like what he's searching for is something outside of himself, but unfortunately, really what he needs to find is himself in order to move forward. But Tanika, um, you know, don't just try not to keep your total focus on this man because you're going to be disappointed. Try to open yourself up to whatever other opportunities are out there. I believe he will resurface, but not necessarily immediately. Okay. Um, can I book some? How can I book something with you, like for not this weekend, but next weekend? Um, if you go to ladyfontaine.com, um, there's a whole, I mean, you can get half an hour readings, hour readings, whatever. I mean, it's all there on my website. You could book it, um, and we accept PayPal or any kind of credit card. Okay. I definitely will go there to do that. And I want all to right. Good and if for you. some reason, um, Tanika, if for some reason um, th- there's nothing available because I have I've, I've, my schedule's been really busy. Um, email us. There's uh, an email form and just say who you are. And because I do reserve certain appointment slots for emergency situations. So if there's nothing available on my my schedule, just let us know and we'll see if we can fit you in anywhere. That would be really great. I really do want your help about some personal things. I really do. So that would be All great. Right, well, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I really look forward to helping you. All right, Tanika, Thanks. thank you so much for the call. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. So is any Jim or Paul, are you here that you can yeah, tell we're me here. who else? Is? Okay. Because <laughs> you guys were so quiet. <laughs> so we're waiting for you. To... <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was hard. I've been in her shoes. It's it's definitely uh, it's hard to get through when you're not feeling that uh, affection returned and you don't know where you are and you're confused and um, yeah, it's a tough tough spot to be in. You know what my feeling is, and this is a general statement that when somebody is ready, they're there and and they show you that they're there. I mean, sometimes people are shy. Sometimes people. Um, you know, might not be the smoothest worker, you know, with certain things. But if if a man especially is interested, they're going to show you. When they don't show you, it means either they're not interested or there's other stuff going on. With Frank, right. there's other stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, from my own personal experience, I can tell, you know, if, uh, when I've been the, the one in that situation where I've been holding back, it's very similar to what you were saying. It's like there's things that you need to work through. And even though you want the, uh, the affection and you want to be in a relationship, you're not ready for it. And so you sabotage yourself and you pull back 
And um, yeah, it's it's hard. I, I wouldn't want to go back to dating for any amount of money. <laughs> ever again. I have, I, and and let's hope that you don't ever that you're not <laughs> faced with that. It's not easy, but. No. Because I mean, I work with people all day long, and I'm thinking, you know, the people who aren't married, they all want to be married, and the people that are married, so many of them are not happily married. So relationships take a lot of work, and they take a lot of nurturing. And I do believe that the single most important thing in any relationship is communication. And for instance, when Tanika was saying that he wasn't open, he wasn't vulnerable, he didn't share. Um, it's hard. It's hard to really be in a relationship with someone who's very secretive and who isn't sharing because you can't hit the right levels of intimacy. And I'm not talking about physical intimacy. I'm talking about emotional intimacy and trust that you right. really do need in a relationship. Yep. So who else is on? Who else do we have here? Because I know we have a bunch of callers waiting. Okay. We've got Rosemaria. Uh, Rosemaria's uh, uh, got some some interesting stuff about facing her fears, and, mm. and I'll let her explain it. Rosemaria, you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, great. Um, so, so what was what was it you were facing fears again? Tell me your story. I forgot. Um, I challenged. Um, been going back and forth with a guy in front of me that he's like tangling the carrot and then behind me that I'm his and all that and puts other people involved and so I heard it again I challenged him so he has a certain date to put a ring on it and and all that stuff and then I did it again uh, yesterday and for some reason I guess Beard or gave me a sign that the number popped up the call and he answered and he hung up when he heard my voice, so I'm not sure if he's going to go for it or if that makes sense. What, what is his first name? Uh, Ralph. All right. Let me look at his energy. I know he has some issues, so. Um... I'm still looking. There's, you're right. I mean, he's a very complex person. His energy's got a lot of stuff in there. Um, the one thing I want to say to you, um, before I even delve into what I'm picking up with him, is your approach with him um, isn't necessarily the right approach. I think I heard you say that you've given him some dates or some ultimatums or something like that. Did I understand right. that correctly? With him, right. that's wrong. You're, that's like a 180 of what you should be doing. What I would rather see you doing, and, and also your technique, my guides are saying, was all about him. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Um, I get mad and upset when you do this or something like that, rather than what I need is I need somebody who will be there for me. I need somebody who's consistent. This way, it's you're not putting him on the spot to have to change anything you're let you're setting the bar higher for yourself and saying i'm not putting up with this crap either you give me what i want so you're putting yourself in control when you do that um or you're you know or literally i'm going to fade away because let me tell you you're displaying to him i know you you might not realize this but he's picking it up as neediness 
and he's a very needy person himself, and he's a very scared person. There's a lot of fear in this man. Um, I, I'm not sure. And to, well, I was going to say I'm not sure where it's coming from. And as soon as I said that, my guides are showing me way back from his childhood. Do you know if he was adopted or somebody in his family died when he was very, very young? He feels like he was left totally alone in his childhood. Um, no, he's not adopted. My mother was adopted. His uh, brother died at a young age. Oh, okay. All right, so that that kind of trauma is big, very, very big. Do you know how he died? Did he ever share that with you? Yeah, yeah I know how he died. Uh, and was he blamed for it? Oh, okay. Uh, I, because somehow it feels like he's, he, he's, he's assuming the responsibility or the the blame for it in some way shape or form he's carrying that as a very very heavy weight as if he's responsible for it yeah there's a reason for that okay there's something well, behind it yeah okay well that's that's really <laughs> the big problem with him at this point until he works through that old grief that old anger that old fear that old you know, it's a, it, that's a major trauma, and he's blaming himself in, in some way, shape, or form for this. And when you have that much negative energy, it's like something we were talking about earlier this evening, is that, um, you know, when when you've got this heaviness in your energy and when you don't feel good about yourself, you're not able to give and you're not able to open up and you're not able to really connect with somebody on a deep level. Plus, he clearly has abandonment issues. I mean, I don't even have to read his energy to know that this man has big-time abandonment issues. And I feel a lot of what he's doing with you is he's protecting himself because he's afraid, just like the trauma he went through with his brother. And I feel like that's a very repeating pattern in his life that um, either he feels like people are leaving him on a very regular basis or people really are him on a very regular basis. Therefore, he doesn't trust himself to be able to step into a relationship fully to give of himself. You know, so he doesn't. You know, he may, he may, he may like dip his feet in the water, but then he gets scared and then he backs off. So that's why I'm saying to give him ultimatums for this man is 100% the wrong approach. Um, since you did it, wait it out at this point. Um, the worst thing that you could do is reach out. Give him a little bit of space to figure it out. When he steps forward, your approach needs to change about not what he needs to do, about what you need. Set, set the bar high for yourself. And there was something between even the earlier call I took with Tanika and you that's very applicable to this situation, and that is that you really only need one person to fix a relationship, and the one person is you. This is reflecting issues in you as well. I feel fear in you. Um, are you aware of that? I'll fear myself because a lot of letdowns, and he hasn't done what he was supposed to do when I was there, and he just backed off and let me be as threw me at the dogs. You know, and that's that's a hard situation. It's very, very difficult, and I understand that. But, but, um, you know, you have to sort of take the bigger picture in into perspective. Who's doing that to you? Someone who's very, very broken, and he's not doing it to hurt you. 
he's doing it because he doesn't know any other way of doing it. And like I, I mean, have you ever been in a in a successful relationship? I can't find any that last with him. I find a lot that linger because he he doesn't fully let them go. But I don't see like a lot of healthy relationships in this man's energy. No, um, he thinks his ex wife is coming back. She's not coming back. Uh, she knows I am who I am, and I know who the whole family. For a long story, and it's funny because I did tell him like when I needed you the most, you weren't there. <clears throat> Which is a tough away, thing. You know. Yeah, that's real tough. And you should see this is where um, you know we we talk a lot on this show about manifesting things. And when we don't honor ourselves, here's a man. Here's you going through all this emotional trauma and emotional heartache and the man isn't there for you and if you keep that door open for somebody who isn't worthy of you the universe sends you more of that person or other people who aren't going to honor you the the main thing and i was talking about it earlier in the show is to learn how to honor yourself You've got to put yourself on that pedestal and start doing some inner work and working on yourself and realizing if somebody isn't there to support you, um, then you're not supporting yourself because they're a reflection of something in you. The other thing I want to mention, because you, you mentioned fear, is that there was a book, and it was an old book, maybe 20 or 30 years ago. I don't even know if it's still on the market. It was a very small little book. And it was called Love Means Letting Go of Fear. And you're not going to be able to have a successful love relationship if you're fearful. You're not. You're going to go through the same cycles. So what I urge you to do is shift your focus away from him right now onto you. And work with your own hurts. There's a lot there. I mean, you know, we talk about him having a lot of complexity and 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 stuff. I feel a lot of um, almost devastation it feels like in your energy and you're abandoning yourself the same way that he's abandoning you because you're keeping your focus on him rather than yourself and I'm going to let if Jim isn't giving a call I'm going to let Jim talk a little bit about that because he's very good at, at understanding that Jim are you on the line yeah I'm I'm here uh I'm just not sure what piece you wanted me to, to, to talk to. That reflection piece um, where, where I feel energetically, I feel a big problem that I'm seeing in this relationship is that mm-hmm. her, her focus a hundred percent right now is on, is on him. This person mm-hmm. who hasn't honored uh, her enough or respected her enough to I be see. there, which has a death in her family and other major things going mm-hmm. on that she's right. holding on to this person, even if she would somehow be able to apply 50% of her attention to her own pieces. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I wanted you to comment on, yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah, I get it. No problem. Um, so, so Rosemaria, you, what, I'm, what I'm hearing is that, that you're really looking for someone to, do, to be for you what you need to have, right? Bingo. That's the wording. Bingo. That's it. I've been there a lot for him, and yeah. he's retired. He has been there for me, but now he's lingered off, if that makes sense. Because I left plenty of times. Yeah. He knows this. He knows this. 
Yeah. I came home, and he knew that I'm home. I, I gave him that option. If you want something special, you know where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But but you're you're looking for someone outside of you to be what you need. Right. Right. And and what we're suggesting is the possibility that really the person, the only person that can be what you need is you. That he's not going to do right. it for you. And and you can pretty much tell by this track record that he's probably going to be this pattern for a long, long time, even if he does, you know, put it in there. It might it might not be it might be a very heavy ring because he might never stop being what he's being. I've never found that depending on someone to change after they after they enter into a relationship it, uh, works. You know what I mean? So so the main thing that I think both of both Jim and I are saying is shift your focus away from him and examine. Mm-hmm. And connect. Yeah. Make, we were talking about it earlier. Connect with you. Connect with those parts of you that feel like you need him in your life. Because those are the parts that are what, what we call broken, and you're disconnected with them. And you are abandoning yourself because you're, I feel your energy. Like how much of your day is, is thinking about him on any given day? To me, it feels like greater than 70 or 80%. I haven't um, thought about him. It's like he thinks about me. I notice the signs and stuff, and I don't call him. I do not respond to him. I just let him be because mm-hmm. right now I need to live my life and have my family because, like, yeah. time is running out, that's and right. he's blocking other men from me that You're he right. should not be. Right? And right. I told him so that. Don't allow Leave it. me don't allow alone. It. Right. Don't allow it. <laughs> Don't allow That's it. That's why I demanded that. <laughs> but you're demanding. Why do you think you demanded it? Because uh, he's supposed to face up and stop saying that I'm his. That's why. And I and told what would that, I, like, I told what would you get out of that? What, what would it do to you? What would he do to me? No, what would that do? If he then doesn't say that you're his, what would that do for you? Oh, he says I'm his. He says it. Yeah, but what if you said you you don't want him to do that? So what would that give you? That give me um, married from him if he says I'm his to other men, <laughs> which I don't want him to do. If he doesn't want anything to do with me, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't understand what you said. Say so he tells me he doesn't want anything to do with me and behind me with other people around me around him or people I know too, he says I'm his. Yeah, but he's not treating you that way and that's the thing. You know, unfortunately right, unfortunately men unfortunately men and women do dangle and I think you even use that word because they're not strong enough or they don't have the integrity or they don't have the you know, gumption to be able to be straight or honest with someone. Their actions always speak louder than words. And if somebody isn't there for you, I think Jim said it, they're not going to do a 180 and suddenly change. They're not. And he's not, unfortunately. But we are running out of time, Rosemaria, so I hope I've given you a little bit of insight into him. My best advice to you is to do what you're saying. 
and that is to be there, really be there for yourself and, and open yourself up to other opportunities. You don't have to barricade the door with him, but don't, don't be in that waiting mode. You say you're not, but I could feel you are. On many levels, you're in that waiting mode, waiting for him to change, waiting for him to step up to the plate. You might not think you are, but if you really ask yourself, you're going to give yourself a different answer. Okay. All right. Good luck to you. Thank you. All right. Yeah, it's another another tough situation to be in. Yeah, mm. it yeah. is. It is. Over. But I, 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 I wish that men and women would um, realize that every situation is always a reflection of what's going on inside of you. So when people are not there for you, it means you're, they're not, you're not there for yourself. If somebody yeah. isn't listening to you, it means you're not listening to yourself. If um, you, especially if you have a repeating pattern of men abandoning you or women abandoning you or, you know, people not following through in their promises, it means you're doing the same thing to yourself. And that's where we have the power and the ability to fix it. And that's where we need to do our work, because if we're not whole and complete, and that's why, you know, I mean, the first line of, of this, the show, healthy love, happens when we're, when we're healthy in mind, uh, mind and body, and, and it really is emotions as well. I mean, we have to get to that place where we feel good about ourselves. And when we get to that place where... Somebody is just icing on the cake. They're not what we need to make us happy. They're just an extra, you know, piece of something that makes life better. Because if we're holding on and believing that this person's going to make us happy, we're doomed. So that whole thing with Jerry Maguire, that's all BS? my whole life that's horrible we don't no we don't we don't when i hear somebody say you complete me i cringe oh, i yeah. literally cringe i don't oh, want yeah. to complete Jeez. anybody i don't oh, want that right? responsibility it's not my it's not my job i'm yeah. here we're there if we mess great if we don't then we don't and if you go into relationships more or less knowing yourself well enough to know that I'm not going to put up with abuse, I'm not going to put up with crap, then let me tell you, a man or a woman is going to start treating you in a different way. Right. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, many, many years ago, I went to a, a wedding where the bride and groom both came up with their candles and lit a, a unifying candle. And then they extinguished their individual candles. And I remember my friends, you know, the feminists, they lost their minds. They're like, what the oh, hell? Right. Because that's the <laughs> worst then, thing. You right? have but to then, maintain yourself. I mean, there yes. is a new component. There is an us now. Yes, but if but you don't have, have the individual, right? you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're a goner. I saw the same gesture many years after where they kept all three candles lit. And I'm like, oh, that looks right. Right. But watching them extinguish their individual candles for the one. And I was like, oh, no. No, no, (laughs) no. You're right. You're right. And I'll tell you, I I have clients that I tell all the time that have been married and things have happened. And I always, I don't always tell them, but it depends on the situation. Many times I do tell them you lost yourself. You yeah. lost yourself in that relationship, and that's mm-hmm. the piece that I'm working with them that we have to refine. 
because they they forgot what was important to them. They only cared what was important to the relationship. And that's important. Compromise, you know, communication, nurturing that relationship. It's all important. But when when you're not a whole person and, and you're not treating yourself with respect, no one else is either. Right. Like you're saying, it's like that's you, you're you're projecting that out there. And what you're getting back is a reflection of you what know. you are, are what you need to work on. So if you see that exactly. as a repeating pattern, the same type of people are coming into your life. It's pointing a, a very strong finger at what's what you need to fix internally. Exactly. That's what I teach. Exactly. Yeah, that's hard to learn. <laughs> well, that's why oftentimes people need a guide to help them through it. And that's yeah. why I said I don't do anything. I just guide my clients through that journey of yeah. self-discovery. Someone has to shine the light and mm-hmm. uh, disperse the shadows, all that good stuff. So yeah. who else do we have on the, on the calls, Jim? You've been uh, doing all the screening. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because the people you've been screening have been dropping off. So. Oh, no. Like, like, oh, no. Well, what are you saying to them? I don't know. I had, <laughs> one guy was asking questions about acupuncture, and he disappeared. Yeah, he did. Uh, I got too excited when he said, when he said <laughs> I was like, oh, good. No, we've got, we've, got a, uh, we've got a good one here. We've got Grace. Grace is looking for a soulmate and wondering when he's going to show up. So this is a good one All for right. today. Okay. Grace, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi. Hi. Give us, give us, give us a little more details about your story. What, where have you been I and what's going like on? I would know if I, if I um, find uh, love to a partner. Do you, do, you, do you have anybody in mind right now? Is there anybody in waiting in the background? No. No? And what have you been doing as far as, you know, your time while you're not being in a relationship? A lot. A lot? What have you been up to? Yeah, just doing things, being busy, very busy. Uh-huh. Have you been... Uh, right. uh Go ahead. No, no you, could, you, could, you could ask, but I'm, I'm starting to pick that up on. Have you been doing any yeah. internal work, any, any you know, meditation yeah, or yoga, things like that? Good, good. Yeah. Do you do it every day? Yep, every day. Good for you. Good for you. Thank you. All right. Um, I'm just zooming in on your energy because the, the question that I'm hearing is when? Mm-hmm. Well, when, we don't know when, but... Right, we don't. I mean, when, you know, time is always difficult. Is that person out there? Yes. I mean, I'm going to be honest and say that I don't necessarily feel the person is going to be popping into your life in the next month or two. Um, usually when I feel something that close, I feel it like almost in my face. This I see out there quite a bit. Um, but there, let me tell you that the, the underlying connection between the two of you, almost like that, that, uh, esoteric, you know, magical component in a relationship is extremely high. And I don't see that a lot. And I've, I think since we've been doing this show, I don't think I've ever even mentioned that before because I rarely see this yeah. magical ingredient of connection on a different level. Um, so that this and this could be, uh, and I I don't think I've ever said this on this show either, um, because I don't I think it's so rare. But this could be a twin flame type of 
um, connection. I mean, it's just coming through so different than, than what I usually feel. And so um, intensely mag mag magnetic and magnified in a way. Um, what I can tell you about the person is they are um, what I would say sharp, bright, um, spiritually in tuned. Um, they're, I feel them sort of emerging emotionally. So I feel that that's almost like the piece that they're working on right now. And that can be the piece that needs to be resolved before they enter into your life. I do feel uh, emotional piece. Okay. Yes. Yeah. For them. I, I almost feel like that's the door that's open for them right now. And that's the piece that they're working on. And as that yeah. emotional connection and that emotional really being in tuned emotionally with yourself, um, as that really develops in that person, that magnetic draw between the two of you gets stronger. So I kind of feel the uh -huh. delay right now, the delay right now is they're not fully ready and they're not fully at that point where they're going to really be able to connect with you. Now you said a lot of yes answers to Jim. And I do believe on some yeah. level you do all the things that you said. You feel very structured to me, almost like you have a routine and or a pattern that you follow on a regular basis. Is that true? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I also feel that certain things that you're doing, you're either speeding through it or you're um, not hitting on all the right levels. There, there's, there's okay. a deeper level here that feels almost. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what word I want to use here. I don't want to say ignored, but it needs more awareness and more pampering. Um, and you haven't connected with it yet. Right. That's that's the right way of putting it. Um, yeah. There's something there that you need to do as well. So you're both on journeys. You and your soulmate are both on journeys. But the energy yeah. is. Is going to draw you together. I would say roughly, and I'm. This is a very rough um, prediction at this point. I'm not even going to say a prediction. I'm going to say um, estimate, uh, because I do feel you're both on a journey, and we all have free choice. And you could choose to stay where you are longer, and he could choose to stay where he is longer. And when I say that, I yeah. mean emotionally. But um, yeah. I would say 12 to 18 months for you to actually okay. meet this person. Um, but, but what I feel in his energy is, again, that amazing. And, and I, don't, I don't ever remember saying this on the show. It's just hitting me on such a profound level that you're going to have an amazing connection with this person. Um, he feels like he's a very um, straightforward, honest, very um, sort of like succinct person you know he's he has something to say it's important and he's going to say it and he's not he, he doesn't mm -hmm. need all the flowery words around it but you know he's oh, very direct in his approach but um he's a good guy i mean he's a really good guy and you're going to have an amazing connection he feels like you're aside from his spiritual and emotional development um there's a very sharp business sense in his energy I'm feeling, uh, and you know, and again, in the middle of COVID-19, there's a lot of people that aren't in such good shape, but it feels like he's in okay shape um, financially right now. And I feel a lot of doors opening for him financially and career-wise, or it feels more business-wise. I would say he has his own business um, 
or or something. And to me, it kind of feels investments in, you know, I mean, everything lately has been real estate with me, but it could be real estate. It could be financial investments. I'm not sure what it is, but he's got that financial savvy feeling about him, but he's not like yeah. an accountant or something that is, you know, he, he thinks outside of the box. He doesn't necessarily have mm -hmm. that as much structure in his approach with his own business, because I feel more of that entrepreneurial energy in him, or even um, like a CEO has to think of the big picture and where this business is going rather than all the details and how to get, how to get there. So um, yeah. he's a good guy. He's a good guy and he's out there. So I would say roughly 12 to 18 months, Keep doing work and delve a little bit deeper. There's layers that you're just on the top layers. There's deeper stuff there. Yeah. And I feel I feel resistance and fear in your energy to go there, almost like, well, maybe I'll just ignore that and it'll go away. Well, let me tell you it's not. The only way to really yeah. resolve it is to dig into it. I remember years yeah. ago I dated this architect who once said to me, he had all these issues, and he once said, oh, well, I'd rather go around things and under them and all this other stuff. And bottom line is, I said, the only way you're going to, you know, get through this is to go directly through it. You can't hide from it and you can't try to take detours. Um, you know, you have to you have to face it. And there there is stuff there that you just haven't been ready for. But I would say, say start having an inner dialogue with yourself and asking yourself questions. What am I afraid of? What, what haven't I let myself see yet? You know, what am, where am I afraid to go and just see what kind of answers come up or what kind of feelings and emotions pop into your head because that might guide you on your journey, but hang in there because oh, yeah. I'm telling you, Grace, there's a good guy out there. Yeah. Thank you very much. Blessings. I appreciate it. I hope oh, you're very true. welcome. Um, good luck to you, and keep us posted. Yes, thank you so much. All right. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Do we have other callers on the line? Um, the, the line is, the lines are uh, uncovered as we have them now, so nope. So I, Don't I, I see, I see someone that we didn't talk to. Who? We have Lisa here? Lisa. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're right. Lisa's there. Okay, let's get Lisa. We have time for her, and if we go over a little bit, we'll go over. Cause I wanna... I'm so I sorry, Lisa. I saw your name on the switchboard here, <laughs> and I said, I don't remember speaking with Elisa. Oh, you, you're right. you are the saving grace. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. So tell us what's going on. I will. Thank you. I am, I've left a... 20-year relationship. I'm never going to go back to it. And wow. I uh, hired somebody immediately when I left the relationship to help me do some work. And we were working together every day for a month um, for like four, six hours a day. We were laughing, joking, but we got the work done. And at the end, I said I was going to miss the conversation. And he said, I will too. And so then a couple of days later, I called him and I said, I have a little project for us to work on. And so we're going to meet next weekend to work on the project. And I found him at times when we were working together, uh, I'd look up and I found this look on his face, like 
sexual, you know, sexual. <laughs> and right. so then I just was kind of, I think I knew and I was maybe flirting and I would find myself saying stuff. And he's not my forever guy. I, I like him as a friend, but for right now, I wouldn't mind having a romance with him. And I'm just calling to see, do you pick up good energy in that way? I don't want to get hurt. I don't want him to get hurt. You know, I just, I, I, I get, right. I get what you're, what you're looking for here. Could you give us his first name? Oh God, it's such an unusual name. I hope nobody's listening. Uh, um, yeah. You know what you could do if you don't want to give it, then Jim, would you go offline and then take me offline? I'll, I'll go and, ahead. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it to you. It's. Um, I'm going to whisper it. It's Aaron. <laughs> okay, that's not that unusual. That's not that unusual. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's okay. I know that guy. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, me too. <laughs> right, cool I work him. on names. The names, you know, um, energetically as a psychic. Uh, you know, we're not supposed to pry into other people's businesses. We're not. So I need the name of somebody in order for me to connect with that person through your energy. And and then oftentimes I have to go around you anyhow and get really deep. But you know, from a from a um, code of ethics standpoint, um, we're really not supposed to delve into other people's energies. We're not. But I do. <laughs> but I do it through you and and how it involves you. All right, let me say a couple things. First of all, to me there feels like if it's either it's either an age difference or cultural yeah. difference or something. Yeah. It's very there's a big yeah. spread here that I'm feeling yeah. between the two of yeah. you. And it, is it an yeah. age difference because that's the first thing that popped yeah. in my head. Okay. Yeah. And um and he's younger, cool. right? I'm, no, I'm older. Oh. Yeah, he's younger is what I said. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, so because that's the way it came through. Um, yeah. I think there is potential for you guys to explore something. There also comes through in his energy, even though you said sometimes you would, you know, look up and you would have this sexual desire look in his eye. Even though all that's there, I actually feel some reserved feeling you know like he's reserved almost like um being respectful in a way um but i do feel that you guys could cross the line and are you did you say you're meeting for dinner with him no i've got a work project i asked him to come along with me to finish this work project and he he said yeah he he was real happy he sounded real happy to hear from me and and so we're meeting next uh saturday in the morning to work on it so like is this the kind of work that's going to take all day or could you take a break for it could and could you take a break for lunch or dinner or something like that oh yeah Oh, definitely. Take it out just, of, to take it out of the work environment into a more a personal kind of thing, because that's where you yeah. have that's where you have the most potential for something to open up with him. Because there does feel like there, even though he's got that lustful look in his eye when he looks at you, I just feel he doesn't even realize he has that. He just, you know, that's just his response towards you, um, and I do feel that. 
you know, there is desire, but there's also a genuine liking each other. You know, you talked about laughing about stuff. That all felt very genuine. Like you guys really like either banter well or connect well or get each other in a lot of ways. But I feel he almost needs that invitation for more before he's going to jump into it. That's like why I'd like to see you out of that work environment thing, having a casual dinner somewhere and, and having discussions and conversations that are a little bit more personal and, or when I say intimate, I don't mean physically intimate, like, gee, you know, this is what I like in bed. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about getting to know a person on a, on a more intimate level you know, things that he likes, things that he does, and things, areas that you connect on. Feels to me there's a lot of areas. I don't know if you've had those kind of conversations, but the little things, like the same movies, the same books, the same um, places that you've traveled, and things like that, feels like there's a lot of similarities in either things that you've done that he might like to do or that he connects with. Have you explored that with him? Have you had those kind of conversations? Well, I think we, I'm, I'm listening to you as you talk, and I'm thinking we have because, um, uh, you know, I would, we talked about childhood memories. We talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about our own childhood bringing, and we talked about our family members, and it was just a lot of, you know, our work or it was just everything because we were working together and uh, we, what we were doing is cleaning out my house. I could put it on the market. And so I'd show him photos of this person or that and start talking or someone that we knew mutually and we'd talk. And it was just always talk, talk, talk or joking about, you know, TV programs. I mean, it was just so comfortable. Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel that continuity and that connection. I would say those kinds of conversations in a more, um, and not in a work environment, would have a greater ability of um, taking you somewhere that you want to go with this guy. Um, You may have to really open the door and, you know, not that, you know, I'm not saying open the door to invite him over to spend the night, but, you know, even just saying, gee, this was so much fun with you. Maybe, you know, uh, we could think of going to dinner tomorrow night again or something like that. Once, once you break through that level with him, I feel he's going to be more responsive, but he still feels to me that he's going to be respectful. So you may have to, be the aggressor here. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to misread. I don't want to misread. I don't want to cross something. And then he's like, no, I never thought that, you know, or I'm not interested, you know, that kind of thing. I I don't necessarily see that happening. Um, I, I, I don't, I, but I do feel you would, you're, I'm not saying that, you know, again, you have to be lewd or anything in in um, invitations or anything of that nature. But if you're, if you're the sort of like the glue that holds you guys together, that can start growing. 
you know, but if you just, okay, well, thanks, you did a wonderful job, he'll probably sit home and wait until you reach out to call him again. So okay. that's where I urge you to, if you are interested, and again, do it and think about it and think about what's, what feels safe for you and doesn't feel intimidating to you that you would be comfortable doing. Um, you know, and it could sort of open some doors for you even when, you know, if, if, you're, if he's helping you or doing some work for you and you say, hey, you want to go? I would, I would prefer you to say dinner. You want to grab a bite to eat, you know, when he's done with the job. This way you don't have to rush back. Okay. And just have okay. fun. Just have fun. Um, but oh, yeah. that, I see you really connecting outside of the work environment. And I can see him, you know, showing you showing you physically, you know, touching your hand, um, you know, brushing your hair from your face, something like that, which are big signals. And if you were responsive, you could do something. Okay. I guess we've come to the end. <laughs> yeah, I know we're out of time. But send us, send us an email and let us know what happens after next weekend. Okay. Sorry about that. that. The volume jumped unexpectedly. That wasn't on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something there. And again, he's not your your forever person. But if you want to have some fun, you could have some fun with this guy. And I I think you guys could work out terms up front. Hey, look, this is just, you know, yeah. fun. I was going to say, dinner, have, or, a come, have a come to Jesus meeting and just say, right. you know, what are your intentions? <laughs> Right. And, you know, hey, I just want to play. Then enjoy yourself. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's all I want. I I mean, in a respectful way, not a mean way. Yeah, yeah. Right. And and it feels like if you, especially if you broach that, that, you know, that subject, he would be very receptive. Because I do feel he's very receptive towards you. That's what I feel, you know, I just feel he's so present. And so there, you know, one night toward the end, he didn't leave. And I kept saying, gosh, I'm really tired. I I really want to go to bed now. And he just kept talking and talking. And he was just, he wouldn't leave. And I had to say it like three times like that. Right, because he wanted, said, he wanted an inv- invitation to stay. That was your like moment. It, yeah. And you yeah. missed it. That was yeah. the moment. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's pretty, pretty positive. Right, that's Sounds why there'll be more moments that take them to dinner. Say, look, you did such a great job. Let's grab a bite to eat. Have a drink or two. Unwind with this guy, and wherever you end up, have fun. Okay. Sounds but great. let us I know. I want to remain forever friends with him, too, even after. Then talk up you know, front. Talk up yeah, front. Yeah, put that up front. Yeah. Okay. That's you know, there's there's, there's a show. There's a show that that I threw up to the guys today, and that's friends, um, friends with benefits, because I get a lot of email from people wanting us to do a show on that, and we're gonna. I, I think it's worth exploring that concept because, in essence, that's what this is. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, I, I not in a denigrating way, you know, something nice. 
You know? Right, but mo- most friends with benefits are not denigrating. I mean, the the many of the people that contact me that are in those kinds of relationships fall in love with the person, and 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 they want to figure out how to change the dynamics from friends with benefits to something more. In fact, I did an article on this for She Knows several years ago. It might still be out there somewhere on the internet. But um, because I, I drew in all the studies, I mean, if you're really looking for something more, that's not the way to get it by any means. But you're not looking for something more. So if friendship is the key, you lay that up, you lay that on the line up front. I believe in honesty. Okay. Well, I'll tell him I like you a lot. And, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, spending more time with you. I think he would bite. Yeah, I think too. I just don't want him to get hurt. I don't want to get hurt, but I don't want hurt. Lay him. it on the line up front. Be straightforward. Say okay. right now, I don't have anything to give other than, you know, let's have some fun. Yeah, that'll be great. I'll do that for sure. All right. Good luck. Let us know how it goes. Thank you. Thank you All right, so Lisa, much. Good luck. Oh, you're very Thank welcome. You. All right. Take care. Thank you. Well, we want to thank okay. everyone that called in tonight. We really enjoyed hearing the stories, even though some of them were a little too close to home. <laughs> they were painful <laughs> here, but we wish you the very best. And please uh, let us know how things work out for you because uh, we're definitely interested in these stories and how they're going to turn out. Our next show will be on Kabbalah, the ancient Jewish tradition of mysticism, with questions from our callers. So please visit Lady Fontaine at LadyFontaine.com for a reading or life coaching session. For those listeners in New York or the New York City area, please visit Jim at East West Healing Arts in Hartsdale, New York. The website is EastWestHealing.info. Our Facebook page is, his Facebook page is found at East West Healing Arts, um, the forward slash following Facebook.com. And I have my own show on PureRockRadio.net on Tuesday nights. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, let's say good night, and we look forward to hearing from you all again on Eye to the Future. Another great show, thanks to our callers and wonderful listeners. Be sure to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Check back regularly for info on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio on Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future, blessings and the most.